Welcome to the Life in 20 podcast, where you will learn something from everyone you meet in 20 action-packed minutes. Now, let's get lit with your hosts, Paul, Carson, and McCoy LeBlanc. All right. Jesse Merriam, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Appreciate Nice to have you on the, the Life of 20 podcast. So we'll jump right in. So creative director of Mojang. Kids, yes. what do you think that is? I don't really know for sure. I've heard of it. You've heard of it. Of course, of course he has. I... Jesse, tell us how you got here, what that really is, and maybe your journey. I see, you know, in the notes that you have no college. I think that's interesting for this generation that are making those key decisions on whether or not to pursue higher education. So love to know, you know, is the role you're in obtainable with no college still today? Or do you think it fast tracks you? But maybe take us back, just walk us through your journey, kind of where you're from and how you got into technology for these 28 years. Sure. Yes. So I've been at Microsoft in some capacity since early in 1995. I ran back to the college to get my GED because I didn't quite make it through high school. And as I was coming out of registering for the GED, there was a sign that said Microsoft Jobs or 202 for students. And I kind of snuck in there and uh, did a little interview. And I'd been, one of the reasons I didn't make it through high school is I was staying up all night on my computer doing nerdy things and running BBSs and what have you. So I, I took the test, got a job and ended up taking phone calls for Windows 95 before I did come out when it was in its beta. And from there, I worked my way up. It's kind of like working your way up from a dishwasher. You just kind of take phone calls for support, help people fix computers over the phone. Then I worked in the data centers for a while. I took over the source code for Microsoft and protected all the source code. I turned on IPv6 on the internet by accident once. I got to help Jimmy Carter uh, fix his computer on New on Christmas Eve once for his grandkids. He had in Carta and he couldn't get it to work. So all sorts of neat wow. little things went in along the way. And I was doing like patching computers and a lot of IT work. And about 12 years ago, I just got burnt out. I'd been doing the same kind of boring patching thing for a really long time. And I wanted to get into video games. And the people I worked for are like, you know, that's a real job. And I'd like, it didn't feel like a real job. It felt like my escape, but I took it like a real job. And so I decided to get into video games and I went and applied. And I think this is. This is something a lot of people will be able to relate to, but I went and applied to work in video games and everybody said, well, have you ever made video games before? No, that's, but, but if you hire me, I will, but you needed to have made video games to get into video games. And that made it really, really hard. So I spent about a year just applying for every single job and people who liked me, I would say, Hey, what can I do? Can I write an essay to you on any topic you're struggling with? Can I follow you around today for your work? And so I'll say today, the way that I got into video games and the way I got into computers was tenacity. I didn't have the degree and I didn't have the experience, but I had the drive. And then I, is it still possible? No, except for the people who decide that it's possible. Like if you will work harder than the other people, it's possible. So I got into video games. My very first game was called Project Spark. It was a video game making game. And I made that for about four years. And we were trying to, so we were making a game where you could make your own experiences, trying to compete with Minecraft. And right about the time we were wrapping that game up and it was starting to come out in its betas and things, Microsoft bought Minecraft, which we didn't need something to compete with Minecraft if we also had Minecraft. And so they shut down our video game and I got moved over to Minecraft and became executive producer. 
Now, executive producer is like head, head producer or head program manager. Now, program management is what I've been my whole life. I am 25 years program manager at Microsoft. Program manager is a career that pays really well, that does not generally code, though probably has some good technical acumen. But generally, my output is the work of other people. I coordinate people. Program managers coordinate the, the schedule, the cost, and the quality of what's going to, going to happen. So at any given point, a program manager sits down for a two-week period and says, over the next two weeks, you developers, what are you going to do? What's blocking you? Here's, here's your, your instructions. and kind of just lines up the project for every, what everybody is going to do. There's no degree that correlates with program manager, even though there's a massive amount of those jobs. So what do we hire for? Well, we hire for some skills I'll cover in a second first, but like communications degrees, business degrees are really handy, but these are also, because there's such a need for this role, there's also a lot of temp companies that staff junior PMs just to help out, just to make a list and check the list off, make the list and check the list off every week, sit down with people, make, ask them what they're going to do at the end of the two weeks, ask them, did you do that? And what do we need to do next? And so as much as a degree is work experience, and those are, those are both ways to go. My son is 25 and I, I'm convincing him now, like he, he fell out of the college route and I'm like, look, come pick up a $50 an hour PM job learn how to make the list and check it off, be useful to somebody. And before long, you'll, you'll be making six figures. And so I, I really, I'm a huge fan of program management. Uh, the best training for program management is Wikipedia. It has everything you need to learn about good, fast, cheap. Like you're, you're, you're managing the iron triangle between good, fast, cheap. And you like give them a dot and say, where do you want it to go closer to good? Then it's not going to be fast and it's not going to be cheap, but that iron triangle is unmovable. Right. And so you use a lot of different language and advanced concepts to describe it, but you're always balancing between good and fast and cheap or quality schedule and cost. So as I started Minecraft, as I mentioned, I was executive producer. One thing that I really pride myself in and one thing that has really gotten my career, career to move forward is that I am fearless or stupid. One of them. I take on the things that people, other people say are impossible. You might remember playing video games five years ago that it was impossible for someone on Xbox to play with PlayStation. I got to change that, right? So Minecraft was the first, well, okay, what's the car game? They, they beat us. We broke down the walls, then they ran through. But we were, the, we were the team that negotiated with all the different platform holders to let you play Minecraft. And because we're the biggest game in the world, everybody wanted, wanted things from us to let the deals go through. And now you can play an iPad together with a Windows person, together with a PlayStation person. And that was just because of a couple of us that were dumb enough to think that impossible wasn't impossible. And so it's been a really exciting journey in that regard to just take on those sorts of things. So I have been a program manager for a long, long time, 20 years, where I'm coordinating things, I'm choosing the schedule, I'm choosing the quality and trying to help shepherd the team across the finish line. Uh, I got put in charge of a phone game for Minecraft called Minecraft Earth. And it was a delightful experiment where you could play life-size Minecraft in holograms, but it just wasn't that fun. And so as that game wrapped up, I asked the team if I could move into a creative role. 
So separate from the program managers, executive producers, producers track, there's also the video game designer track. And so creative director is kind of the head of the video game designers, artists, and user experience designers. And so I moved over to be creative director for modding, and now I'm creative director for modding and realms and education and a number of different topics. And what I do is work with game designers, UX designers, and artists to, uh, to just really try to first do research and get a lot of different lenses to look through. So as we're deciding what features we make, we're looking at it from this direction and we look at it from this person's direction and we do things like emotion mapping, like saying, okay, so if I come into this menu, am I frustrated now? Am I, what am I trying to do? And we kind of dial all that out in a, in a document that says, this is what the person's trying to do. What do we put in front of them? And really have deep thoughts about put the research together with the diagrams of what we think they're trying to do to make the best features possible. And uh, the reason for me personally, I mentioned that phone game and that phone game ended up getting canceled. And that was really discouraging for me because I felt like I could see what was wrong with it, but I, I couldn't always convince everyone around me what, was, what, what it was struggling with. And so I asked if I could take a couple of years in a creative role so I could get deeper on how do I make different perspectives and different lenses and look at the problem from different ways and build a case for what the best thing is for our players stronger than looking down from the top and just trying to move all the widgets around. And so uh, this last couple of years has been a fun journey for me into the creative, ultimately to better prepare myself to be an overall manager of a video game. Wow. So that's, that's been quite my journey. journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I you can't... know, I mean, just for, you know, we've, we've had a lot of guests on now and you see the different paths they take. Jesse having to go back to get his GED just to graduate high school, deciding, like, you know, no college at that time, but tenacity, work ethic. You know, you're seeing the folks that have come on that have that work ethic that can really accomplish anything. You would assume maybe a college degree got them there, but really it's it's the hard work. And it's just said tenacity that, that paid off. You lead a team, right, Jesse? I do. How many people do you lead? Today I lead seven. When I was in charge of the phone game, I led just over a hundred. And when I was in IT, it was 40 in India and 20 in Seattle. So it, it kind of goes back and forth from managing managers to managing people. Yeah. Kids far away. For you, who do you think has been the biggest influence in your life? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, so I think that the, I, I could give a number of influences. I, I think I'll go with my former boss who has just moved on. He, he gave me a lot of room to be a leader and the, the people that I find I love working for the most leave a lot of room for me to do whatever it is I want. And when I stumble, they, yeah. they talk me through it and let me do it again. And that's what my former boss was like, he would counsel me that my job is to make a safe place for innovation to happen. And he wouldn't define it much. It's the same person that hired me into video games. And he walked me into a room of 12 developers who were senior folks, serious folks. He said, this is Jesse. He's in charge. He's going to plan your next two weeks. And then he left the room. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I just turned to the first one and I'm like, what's your name? Okay. What are you doing in the next two weeks? And then I wrote it down. I'm like, 
how can I help? And I will say, how can I help is my secret, is my superpower. Uh, If you walk into a room in the business world with someone else, their investment in you, in the words they have to say to you or whatever else is, has, it better be a better return on that investment for them if, if that's your job. So in a program manager role, if, if a developer isn't better off for me interacting with them, then I should just go home because they can write the software without me. And mm-hmm. so I always show up with curiosity and how can I help? Yeah. And that is really, really good for building teams, building relationships and just generally being effective. Yeah. So a couple of things out of that, I just wanted to spend another second on. So love the question. How can I help? There's some, I don't know whose quote it is, but it's, you know, you can achieve anything you want in life if you help enough people reach their goals. That's right. And that, that, that question hits on that exactly, right? Yeah. How can I help? Because now I'm delivering value. He goes in there. Now they know that he's there to help and serve them. And it's, it's, it's the right leadership style, you know, to, to approach in a room like that. And what he, his boss did is gave him basically permission to fail, right? Fail fast, fail forward, right? What we learn from that, right? And, and that kind of thing. And when you have that autonomy to, to, to not have that fear of failure, innovation really happens. I think that's a great example and, and smarter on, on whoever that was that, that mentored you through that. McCoy, what you got? So I know you mentioned like a little bit about like pay, like your salary earlier, like you said it was decent, but like, I just want to know like, what like the starting salary would be for like someone in your position compared to like, how long you've been in there. You've been there like 20, 30 years compared to like what it is right now. Yeah. Yeah, no. And that's, I don't know really. It's like, it's, it's hard to count too when you've worked somewhere a really long time. Like my salary, I think is 230 a year, but it really ends up, then there's a hundred K in stock a year and a 70 K bonus. And so it ends up being more than that. Which is ridiculous. You work at some place like Microsoft and it just stacks up over time. Full and benefits, I, I, 401k, right, all that. Right. You got the 401k, you got the stock, you got the bonuses. And, and uh, so in the big corporations, it's often hard to count how much you make. Yeah. I will say, I think that entry level PM roles at the very, like, I think my son who did a year of computer science college and then outed and is just generally smart. I think he could walk into a PM role because he's useful and can make lists and he's good at keeping track of things and doing things. He could probably walk into an entry-level position making $35 an hour as a PM, just mm-hmm. doing absolute PM grunt work for somebody. But if you make it 12 months as somebody's right hand doing that grunt work, you're off to the races because then you can go get a job for $50 an hour the next year. Yep. And another year at $50 an hour, now you got two jobs and now you can go apply for 120k a year full-time PM role at some some serious company and then the sky's the limit and I, I I think like knowing what I know of course I could jump in and probably do it again but I really think people that show up with the right perspective can still do it today now when I say the right perspective I've hired 300 people in my life and here are the things I hire for and none of them are what you know right now The first and foremost, I would say, how do you treat people? Because people that show up, show up with ego and tell people how smart they are and tell them what, like, no, we got to do it my way. 
No, you want somebody that shows up and listens and is curious. So that curious, it goes back to that curiosity. How can I help? But if you treat people well, next I start probing for, can you ask for help? Like, how do you figure out what to do when you don't know what to do? Because we all are going to face that. Now, I don't, you know, some stuff, you should know some stuff for this. We have qualifications. Hopefully, you know, some of that stuff, but if you don't know much of that stuff, but you convinced me that you can ask for help and that you, you only don't know that thing one time, then I don't really care how deep your knowledge is. I care like the, the high performers are Neo from the matrix, right? They show up, <laughs> they jack into what's going on in the room. They fill their head with it and then they start to move. And then that gets me to my last point move, make motion, run that direction. If you are running in a direction, people will course correct you until you're running in the right direction. If you are standing still, you will never get fixed. So run. I, I don't mind running into walls. Just make sure you're moving, trying things, making mistakes. And as long as you're unafraid to make mistakes, you treat people well, and you are willing to ask for help when you're stuck, that's, that's a pretty moldable person. Two years I look down and those people are promoted ab above all those experts around. So think about, think about what Jesse just talked about there. Those three examples, those are the soft skills, right? Anybody can learn how to do something, right? right. That, that's, that's not the hard part. What he's hiring for are the soft skills. How do you ask for help? When you get in the bind, are you going to be stubborn or are you going to like, utilize your resources and say that this is just a little speed bump. I'm going to get over this. And how do you overcome, right? Those kind of things are big, big advantages for somebody that has that already in them to help them to grow and, and get hired on at a company, you know, like Microsoft. I'm sure that's probably shared culturally at Microsoft, you know, and, and, and why they probably have some of the best talent in the world. Yeah. Kids, what else? I can't believe we only got two more minutes with them. So fire away fast. Um, okay. Well, I just want I just wanted to ask this, but do you think this is your dream job? Ish. I am pitching my own video game right now that is much more dragons and dwarves and things. Cool. And if that goes through, then I'll have five to seven years of my absolute dream job. But yeah, making video games has always been my dream job. Microsoft has always been my dream job too. Oh. What is your plan on retirement? Like do you have a set age when you want to retire? No. I, I refied my houses to 15 year mortgages five years ago so that in 10 years I can travel more, but my personality type, I think I can't retire. I would drive my life crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but I, I do think at some point I want more time for travel. At some point I'll either be the manager of something that I built and can play it kind of easy or else those, those like bottom vendor positions where you can show up and make 50 bucks an hour. I could go do that with my right hand, just like while I'm out on the road and spend, spend my days doing things. So I, I do target somewhere around 60 to start prioritizing things above job. Cause right now jobs mm -hmm. are a pretty big deal for me. And somewhere around another 12 years, I'll probably start making job just sustain my travel and my kids probably probably it'll correlate a lot when scarlet gets out of college <laughs> yeah Aww. jesse biggest regret even today 
I have a huge chip on my shoulder about not having graduated high school. It's like, this is probably the first time I've said it out loud in this sort of a setting. Mm -hmm. I regret the amount of times I didn't reach for what I wanted because I had a chip on my shoulder. Mm. What you're willing to put into something is how good you are at it, right? Do what you're passionate about and you'll be great at it. Everybody's got a story and nobody's story is perfect. Don't ever let your story hold you back. Yeah, great advice. I can't believe we're out of time. This has been fantastic. You got somewhere people can get in touch with you if they want to or anything you want to plug before we say goodbye? Let me see. Uh, I don't think I have anything to plug and people can certainly reach out to me if they're interested. My email is jessemerriam.hotmail.com. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for doing this. Yes. Great interview. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.